Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. This season, the episodes will have some loose themes relating to the seasons in the Northern Hemisphere, where I live. So the first several episodes will be about beginnings, new growth, and renewal. The summer episodes will be about when the heat is turned up, how to manage difficulty and intensity with the Dharma. The fall episodes will carry the theme of letting go, renunciation, and release. And the winter episodes will be a deep dive into a couple of key teachings. Today, I want to start at the beginning and look at why Siddhartha Gautama became a spiritual seeker and eventually became the Buddha. I'll share this story and look at how this can help inform us on the Dharma path. Just a reminder, I'm not a Buddhist historian. I'm sharing my limited knowledge, which is informed by who I received the teachings from and the personal and cultural lenses I heard those teachings through. And so with this and with any teachings I share, I try and put some links in the show notes and encourage you, if you're inspired by a specific teaching, to do some research and see what other resources are out there. Before I go into the commonly told story, I think it's important to know what was happening in Siddhartha Gautama's life at the time. This is not mentioned a lot, but I think this context adds a lot to my understanding of his motivations. He was in his late 20s, early 30s. He had been quite sheltered and privileged, wanting for nothing and being shielded from reality. And he had just had a son. So this is what Siddhartha was going through, the birth of his heir. And so the story goes that he left his castle in a chariot one day. Now, a Buddhist scholar who I hold in high esteem, Stephen Batchelor, believes that at that time in northern India, it was probably not some ornate castle. Yes, Siddhartha's father was a clan leader but the likelihood is that he had the nicest hut in town. It wasn't a castle. So I'm going to use the words hut and cart, but know that others may tell this story using castle and chariot. Here is the story of the heavenly messengers. One day, Siddhartha Gautama left his hut in a cart, and as he rode down the street, he saw an ill person, and he asked his driver, what is happening to that person? And the driver said, oh, that person is ill. Siddhartha asked, Could that happen to me? And the driver said yes. A little later, they drove by an elderly person, spine-bent, walking slowly, and Siddhartha asked, what is happening to that person? And the driver said, that person is aging. Siddhartha asked, will that happen to me? And the driver said yes. Further along, they passed by a corpse on the side of the road. Siddhartha asked, what happened to that person? And the driver responded, that person died. Siddhartha asked, will that happen to me? And the driver said, yes. Finally, they saw a spiritual seeker, someone who had gone forth and was dressed in robes and carrying an alms bowl. And Siddhartha asked, what is that person? And the driver said, that is a spiritual seeker, one who has left their home to find the truth. Siddhartha asked, could I do that? And the driver said, yes. This is a traditional Theravada story of the four heavenly messengers, the moment that Siddhartha Gautama chose to leave his home and become a spiritual seeker. I alluded to it at the beginning, but I believe that there's this initial messenger, the birth of his son, that informed this choice. 
as I go through each of the messengers, I encourage you to look at how these messengers have come into your life, what they've awoken for you, and what's led you to this path. Starting with the birth of his son. Now this can be a big moment for anyone. The birth of a child can change perspective, can shift the focus from me to we. Questions that were in the background, questions about the purpose of life and the cycles of human difficulty suddenly take on a deeper, more urgent meaning. And if you don't have children, like I don't, you still may be able to tap into this feeling with the birth of a family member or the addition of a partner or a realization of the climate crisis. This moment in our lives where we see the bigger picture, see outside of just ourselves and there's a level of urgency a responsibility not only to ourselves, but also to others to be a benefit to the world, or at least to not make things worse. Many of us experience this when we leave home for the first time or travel to a different part of the world. Because Siddhartha's life had been so sheltered and privileged, the birth of his son was probably especially jarring for him. It may have been the first time he really started to ask these big questions. What about for you? What are moments that have taken birth when you saw outside your world, your reality, and began to ask some bigger questions? Did someone come into your life, or did you go somewhere or learn something about a different place or culture? I can't think of a lot of huge aha moments, but I do remember a lot of smaller moments in childhood, learning about the famine in Ethiopia, or knowing that some kids in my school got bussed in from neighborhoods in Boston that I wasn't allowed to visit. And those pieces of knowledge began to open my mind. And in high school, going into the city and seeing different lifestyles and realities, in my 20s, working in the legislature and learning from different advocacy groups, meeting all sorts of different people. In all these instances, I was pushed out of my normal habitual thinking and forced to question the lenses I was seeing the world through. So this is what I consider the pre-messenger, this moment when our worldview changes or shifts, and we can no longer be complacent with our previous way of seeing things. And it sets us up for new views, new ideas. Then, when we see the other messengers, we have a willingness to be curious, a willingness to see what we can learn from them. The first traditional messenger, this messenger of illness, can be such a teacher for many of us. Whether it's illness in us or illness in another, illness reminds us of the ungovernable nature of our bodies and the importance of caring for our bodies. Over the last year, experiencing a pandemic has put this messenger in all of our faces. For me, one of the trickiest parts of COVID has been the fact that so many folks have been asymptomatic, so I may have been carrying this illness and passing it to others without knowing it. The reality that illness is happening all the time has really come alive for me during this pandemic and has urged me to bring more awareness to how my actions affect others. Doing things like wearing a mask and practicing distancing feel extra important and meaningful. And also caring for my body, knowing that I can't control whether I get ill or not, but also doing what I can to minimize my risk and boost my immune system. Think about a time when you had a non-life-threatening illness, like a headache or a cold or a stomach ache. And even though you can take the medicine or take a rest, the illness has to run its course. And in that moment, we have a choice. Do we get stuck in aversion and how much we don't want that feeling? Do we beat ourselves up for getting sick? Do we blame someone else? Or do we see this as a universal phenomenon that happens to all beings? 
Do we use this as an opportunity to have more compassion the next time we see somebody else who's ill? We hear these stories all the time of the person who was super fit and still had a heart attack. And so we take care of the body and we know we can't control it. That is the gift of the heavenly messenger of illness. The heavenly messenger of aging is one that is definitely not honored as a heavenly messenger culturally in the United States. In the U.S. and in some other Western cultures, elderly people are put into homes, anti-aging products are popular, and people lie about or hide their age. So for those of us coming from these cultures, it may take a shift in our thinking to see aging as a messenger leading us to our spiritual path. And I think about Siddhartha Gautama, I mean, he had to have known that he was aging, and he had to have seen it in his dad, but there was something about a very elderly person that was eye-opening for him. When was the last time that you interacted with somebody over, say, 80? Did you look in their eyes? Did you see how they could be you? Did any part of you literally or figuratively turn away from them? What can we learn from our elders? What can we learn from the aging process? Can we see how accepting the truth that we are all aging in each moment can lead us to greater acceptance of our life as it unfolds? So often this is a difficult adjustment to no longer be able to do things we used to do or to do them slower or differently than we used to. But hopefully by remembering the universality of aging, we cannot take it personally and work toward acceptance. And I think a piece of that is interacting with our elders and honoring and supporting our elders. The third messenger, this messenger of death, is another place where Western culture can try and sanitize or push away this reality. We used words like passed on and dressed corpses up to make them look lifelike. In northern India, at the time of the Buddha, corpses were more visible and often placed in charnel grounds where they were burned. Again, a little interesting that Siddhartha was so sheltered that he hadn't seen a corpse. But in this moment, in the cart with this corpse, it became a key moment for him. What about for you? How has death affected you? What deaths have stood out for you? Which have you maybe brushed aside or ignored? For me, caring for my grandfather as he died was such a transformational moment. It shifted some of the willful ignorance that I carried around about death and helped me reprioritize things a bit. And it's been interesting in my life to see which deaths affect me in what ways and how different moments in my life allow for more death reflection and other moments more of a stifling of the reality of death. When Siddhartha Gautama became the Buddha, he created specific meditations around death. The human body does not want to look at death. It recoils from the reality of its eventual demise. And so we need these practices to be reminded to look at it again and again. We need to be reminded that this messenger shares with us the truth, the reality that we are not here forever, and that in turn awakens a sense of urgency in us to keep practicing and to live in an ethical and wise way. The final messenger, this spiritual seeker, gave Siddhartha Gautama an option, something to do with all the questions that he had, the option that he could leave his home and look for the truth. Now, I'm not a monastic, and I know most of you listening are not monastics, so it's important that we're reassured that we do not need to leave our homes to be a spiritual seeker. We all came to this path for different reasons, 
But for many of us who did not grow up in Buddhist homes, hearing a teacher or a monastic or reading something from them led us to this path. And so in difficult moments, we can hold those teachers in our heart. Sometimes I like to reflect on how I got to this moment, how the messengers of birth, illness, aging, and death led me to this path, to this practice, and all the other ways I was a spiritual seeker before I landed on Theravada Buddhism. You may be listening to this because Theravada Buddhism is your home practice, or maybe you're seeking. All of that is great. When things feel difficult or hopeless, it is important to remember that, in some way, you have been given this messenger of a spiritual seeker. You wouldn't be listening otherwise. So you know this is an option for you. You are a spiritual seeker. There is an avenue to explore your questions, to explore what arises when faced with birth, illness, aging, and death. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net or on Instagram at towardlight108.